Hi, this is Sabrina Ali, and you're tuned in to another episode of Moms Who Art. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Moms Who Art. I have with me today a woman by the name of Ajaya Divine. So, yay. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm Ajaya. Okay. Um, I am, I was, I'm a former school counselor. Of course, my, I'm a mother of a four-year-old, a uh, little boy, very high energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a writer. I've done uh, kind of like, a, I guess it would be like self-help or mm-hmm. philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. I've done poetry before, um, like uh, education, learning center, learning co-ops. I'm trying to get it all together and figure it mm-hmm. out. Yeah, definitely. So I want to talk about the book first. Okay. This is a huge accomplishment. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. So what made you want to write a book? Um, well, honestly, I was inspired to write something by actually a man that I was dating. He was like, you should write some of all these thoughts. He met me through Twitter. Mm -hmm. He was like, you need to put these thoughts in some kind of book form. Mm -hmm. So that was like the first time anybody had like, said you should do it Mm -hmm. um and then I started a few and it was like yeah I don't like where these are going and then I actually had my son Mm -hmm. and I had him at home I had a water birth and like after that it was like I have things that I need to share like Mm -hmm. that I want to say like I had a new perspective on life and it Mm -hmm. was like okay it's time now so like that Mm -hmm. was probably my biggest inspiration Mm -hmm. So is it about like self-healing or like the messages you received as a mother? Or? Yeah, it was, um, it's kind of about, it's, it's definitely my healing journey. And it was mm-hmm. a big part of, of my healing journey due to like the relationship I was in and like mm-hmm. everything surrounding it. And like when I had my son, it kind of put it all in perspective. Mm-hmm. So then I created the book to kind of walk the reader through their own journey through like mm-hmm. sharing my experience. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, and it kind of goes in order, like, you know, there's a, like how to love yourself and then mm-hmm. how to allow yourself to be loved and then mm-hmm. how to hold on to that and like yeah. deprogramming mm-hmm. and then like building like your village and how in yeah. motherhood and men yeah. and relationships. And it kind of just takes you through, like break it all the way back down to like, what is love? How do you love yourself? Mm-hmm. Okay, somebody to love you yeah okay now how do you not get lost in that you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like just and it's really about you figuring out because there's a lot of questions and a lot of like open-ended in there where like you might read four or five paragraphs and it's like okay no go think about this like don't just run through the book like what do you actually think and feel and what do you actually want Mm -hmm. because no one tells us to think about these things no one tells us to like slow down and really examine Mm what we you know what we want and what we're doing and like how much of that comes from society and how much of that actually comes from how you really feel and what you really value yeah and and I realized that most of the stuff that I was kind of valuing it wasn't coming from me it was just like what I was thought I was supposed to do as Mm -hmm. a woman or as a mother or as a whatever girlfriend or daughter or whoever so it's like peel all that back and actually Mm -hmm. get to like what do you want and who are you yeah yeah. And what does loving yourself look like to you? I think for me, the big, like the easiest way to think of loving yourself is just complete acceptance of you. Yeah. Like even if there's something you want to improve or change in that exact moment, you're, you can only be who you are. 
So you have to love you in the moment and you have to love the process of becoming who it is that you see yourself becoming. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just love the end result. You have to love the whole process of the the journey of it. Like, Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of us turn and we like, we know where we are Mm -hmm. and we know where we want to be. So like, it makes us kind of resent who we are in the moment because Mm -hmm. we're so focused on who we want to be. So it's like, you have to learn how to like love all of that. Yes. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So I want to ask, like, what specific messages do you think that your son brought to you, if there are any? Uh, I think the first one is just, like, knowing, like, really what love is, like, what Mm. love feels like. Yeah. Because, like, once you have a child and you're, like, holding them, like, you instantly know what love really feels like. Mm-hmm. if you're open to it I guess not you know there's a lot of postpartum depression and all that stuff that goes yeah. on too but if you're open to it and in a decently healthy place you experience pure love mm-hmm. like right there because yeah. like it's just like I say like no matter what I look like my hair look like what kind mm-hmm. of mood I'm in what you know what I mean da, 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 like your child looks at you your baby looks mm-hmm. at you with that same love and that same like just want to bond no matter what yeah like no judgment, no anything. And it's like, wow, mm-hmm. I don't even think I love myself. Mm. Like that's what, that was like, uh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. that was like the first lesson. And then the other lesson was like, I mean, with all the programming of like going to the hospital and you have to have this and this and all this stuff to have a baby to yeah. actually have my son at home in mm-hmm. a water tub. And like, mm-hmm. I almost had him without the midwife being there because I mm-hmm. was like expecting it to be this long process yeah. and my labor was like 10 hours start to finish wow. so like um she got there right as I started like I was probably pushing for like five to ten minutes before she got when she wow. got there and um so I was like oh like I can do anything like that's how mm-hmm. I felt like I was like Oh, right. I can, you know what I mean? So I always called this book like my second child. Like this was my mm. second baby. So yeah. like that was like my the like a very powerful message of like I can literally do anything. Like I mm. have this power and sometimes the world around you is just like, you know, trying to take that power from you through fear mm. and programming and yeah. it's like we got to get rid of all of that. And, fig- mm. and like really connect with ourselves to know how powerful we are so wow. yeah. I think those were the two main ones that hit me the yeah. hardest <laughs> wow yeah that's powerful and do you think um or did your home birth did that have anything to do with inspiring you to become a doula yes <laughs> okay like yeah. it took a while I didn't do it like right away mm-hmm. but um I my actually one of my good friends that she wrote she's in DC she went through the book with me like every chapter I was sending I emailed her to her like Mm. read this read this read this she became a doula first Mm -hmm. and so like and I was just always just like talking about I was always into it and then I was also um looking for just something else another way to connect to people and something else Mm -hmm. that I was into and passionate about and I was just Mm -hmm. like seeing my cousin have her son not maybe like eight or nine months after me was like Mm -hmm. 
ah, she's in the hospital. She was so uncomfortable and we were there mm-hmm. and I was like, people running in and out. And I was like, this yeah. is not necessary. This is not good. This does not feel anything like my birth. Like, yeah, it doesn't feel anything like that. So mm-hmm. like, um, that's kind of like what started inspiring me. And then mm-hmm. uh, it popped up on my Instagram. Like a lady that mm-hmm. I knew in Dallas was like, I'm starting an online certification course. And she had been a doula for like 15 years and wow. she was saying people were saying that they were going to other trainings you know because mm-hmm. most trainings are like a weekend like blitz like you get everything in two days and it's like yeah. okay you're a doula and <laughs> so she was like and people were still coming to me like I don't know what to like do like what do mm-hmm. I do like I don't know how mm-hmm. to actually be like become a doula so yeah. she started her own program and I and what wow. I liked about her she also talked about the business aspect of being a doula too right. of like how okay now you know all the information but how do you actually right. turn it into a business for you because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of doulas end up working for free honestly like they just really? do it kind of out of you know like okay just give me something like you know right. but and she talks about like how to turn it into a business and mm-hmm. like some of like the pitfalls and just like mm-hmm. all that stuff and it's like a was it uh eight weeks Mm-hmm. I think it was like an eight week thing and it was like week by week. So you could kind of digest it, ask questions. Wow. You know what I mean? It yeah. kind of just gave you more time to really yeah. like flow into it. And I just didn't think it was a coincidence that I had been mm. contemplating it. And she popped up on my, t- I don't believe in coincidence. Exactly. Like, she exactly. Popped, she popped up on my uh, feed and I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? I think, and it was online and I was like, I think I'm going to do this one. And it's very like, african-centered yeah okay. a version of it about us mm-hmm. getting back into birth work how mm-hmm. this used to be what we did i mean like we did other things but this was like people came to us to have babies you know exactly. what i mean like so yeah. she was like claiming that power back and mm-hmm. getting back into who we are like so it was a very different experience than like any mm-hmm. other traditional doula thing you might sign up for you know mm-hmm. If you just Google it, like, how do I become a doula? There's going to be a couple, right. there's going to be a couple that pop up and yeah. they're all great in like preparing for the information, but to come exactly. at it from like an African centered perspective mm-hmm. and that yeah. historical thing and giving you the confidence of like, this is who we are. We've always mm-hmm. been birth workers. We've always been mm-hmm. in this. So that yeah. was, yeah. Yeah. Kind of restores that connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so what is your mission as a doula? Like, what do you hope to bring to mothers Um, okay well I the simple part is just like getting women to believe that they have the power to do this because Mm. if you look at how we've been programmed if you look at any birth that's been on tv or the tv shows it's just like this painful oh my god and like you know crazy out of control thing and you're just like give me medicine I need it you know that's how they program you Mm -hmm. um so that just the basic that you don't need that like your body Mm -hmm. is going to do it on its own right literally a woman in a coma had a baby Mm. you know what I mean like your body your body is going to do it you can only get in the way Mm. like your thoughts your fears everything that's that's only stuff that gets in the way and of course doctors and the medical system more things to get in the way so that's like the base like the very simple top of it but then Mm. like deeper for me um I call myself the spiritual doula is that Mm. saying that that pregnancy and birth is like a spiritual journey Mm, and like you are 
you're it's going to bring out all of your childhood stuff it's going to bring out mm. all of your fears because i mean besides like all the hormones rushing through you know what i mean like any, yeah. like anything you haven't dealt with is like all going to be pushed up and mm. if you don't go through it and like sift through it and really experience it and really yeah. you know try to figure out just yourself mm-hmm. and you're in this new role that you're taking on and growing into it um you you're gonna it's I'm gonna say you're gonna struggle but it's gonna make motherhood harder mm-hmm. and you're not gonna you may not necessarily be better for it it might mm-hmm. just be another task mm-hmm. but if you kind of go through this pregnancy as through pregnancy as this spiritual journey that's kind of like transforming you into someone who's going to be responsible for helping someone else through their life journey yeah. it, it it's it gives it a whole different spin mm. because like I was, I never even was sure I wanted children, mm. but then I was like 28. I got yeah. pregnant and I was like, uh-huh. I have no reason not to have this child. Like I had sex. Mm. I know the consequences mm. are one mm. of the, the results that can happen right. from it. So yeah. like now this is, you know, the path I chose and this is what I'm going to do. So, but I had like a lot of just, stuff come up and like a lot of feelings and a lot of emotion and a lot of like just all kind of crazy stuff like just yeah. going through my head and like mm-hmm. just dealing with the relationship between mm-hmm. the father and me at the mm-hmm. time just like everything. it was like I need to process all of this or it's literally it going to kill me like spiritual mm-hmm. like spiritual wise it was like yeah suffering like it was like I was like suffering because there was just so much from my childhood I had never dealt mm-hmm. with looking at the yeah. relationship between me and my mother and how like mm-hmm. I didn't want to create that again yeah. and like just all this stuff and I was like okay this is like deep <laughs> like this right is really 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 deep and I yeah. you know I have my education background is in counseling mm-hmm. so like I had that counseling perspective and realizing mm-hmm. that I'm having trauma come up like this is mm-hmm. what you know and so yeah. luckily I had midwives instead of a doctor where right they actually talked about that well, are you having any dreams or like, what are you feeling? How are you, you know what I mean? And then they had this huge library of like resources and books and activities and like all kind of stuff. And like, I um, picked up an activity book for mothers to work, pregnant women to work through that like got wow. to the root of like some of this stuff. And I'm like, okay, wow. this is a healing journey. Like, exactly. you know what I mean? I was yeah. like, this is a heat, like having a child is like a healing. It's like bringing mm-hmm. healing to you if you're open to it. So like, that's really where like, I want to go, but it's like so many people are just, we just have to start with the basics of like, right. your body can do this. Yeah. You don't need an epidural. You don't need Pitocin. You don't need like, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I'm starting there, but like my passion is more of the journey behind the pregnancy to like healing and helping. So yeah. Wow. So I want to ask, I want to talk a little bit about homeschool. Okay. And so what, why homeschool? Like what influenced that decision? Um, well, having worked in schools for like nine years after I graduated um, and seeing just the, the negativity that's in school, mm-hmm. even if it's from other children that are going through trauma that's not getting processed except for at school on other children um teachers and administrators going through their trauma that's not getting processed except for Mm -hmm. onto the children 
um, and then them forcing like behave like stereotypes on children too. Yeah. Like so, oh, you're a bad student, mm-hmm. and then you you get that by the time you're six, seven, eight, you've been this quote unquote bad student. Then mm-hmm. you start to turn into that. You mm-hmm. start to embody that bad student. Yeah. And most of the time when they're that young and they're being called a bad student or getting in trouble, mm-hmm. it's because they won't sit down. Mm-hmm. They might talk to their classmate too much, but they're not mm-hmm. actually doing anything malicious. Mm-hmm. So they're not actually being bad. They're actually being developmentally appropriate for their age. Yeah. Because school to have a six, seven, eight year old sit in a seat and listen to you lecture for half a day. You know what I mean? Like that's exactly that's not developmentally appropriate and we literally learned that in school and then they give us this you know what we're actually going to do in school and I was like how do we get here like I asked my professor like we learned all this stuff of like how children develop and then we put them in a classroom and then we're supposed to like manage them and we're supposed to make this work and she looked at me and she was like and that is your task as a school counselor to like Mm. try to like not fix it but like deal with it and like right. do the best you can with it and like yeah. and I was just like looking at her she was just like had this like she was like probably like a 70 year old like white lady and she just had this smile like I know yeah. I know <laughs> like yeah this it, it is what it is yeah so, and then once I had my son yes. I went back to work when he was one and I was a school mm-hmm. count I was a school counselor yeah and I have these seventh graders and eighth graders coming into my office in trouble mostly all black male and I was like this is my son he's Mm. he's only one but I recognize these these children I recognize this energy you know what I mean just just very high energy very challenging very like well what if I don't do it though you know what I mean like you have to do this but what if I don't yeah and it's not them being like that that's a valid question Mm. and boundary pushing is very normal like that's child that's what children do is they push boundaries so when they start doing that in a school setting um they get labeled they get labeled ieps they get labeled adhd they get labeled Mm -hmm. oh like oppositional defiant they get Mm -hmm. they just get all these labels and then they're like oh well that's what i am and that's why i'm Mm -hmm. doing this instead of Mm -hmm. like being like no this is perfectly normal and you Mm -hmm. can push boundaries but you're going to have consequences yeah, and they they don't get that part. They don't get that part of it. They just slap right. a label on them and put them in a classroom with other kids mm-hmm. with behavior problems, and they just yeah. feed each other's behavior problems. Like yeah. they learn from him, I learn from him and her, and all this stuff, and then they become and they do become these problems. Like mm-hmm. they, I mean, in in the school setting, they become these problems. So it's like, why would you put your child in a situation? where they're going to be learning negative behaviors from other children. They're going to be learning mm-hmm. negative behaviors from other adults. They're going mm-hmm. to be looked at a certain way and they're going to be expected to do things that aren't developmentally appropriate for their mm-hmm. age. And it's like, mm-hmm. you're literally setting them up for failure, especially yeah. our black, our, our, the black boys, like, especially because yeah. they're, they are the most high energy normally, like naturally yeah. the most high energy, the most boundary pushing the most. Cause mm-hmm. we always talk, you know, in like the black conscious community is like, Oh, these are our Kings and our warriors mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Well, they're that when they're born too. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so putting them in the system is just like beating them, like mm-hmm. beating. Those are the ones that usually get channeled into the school to prison pipeline. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because they don't learn the, I guess the positive part of that being mm-hmm. that warrior spirit spirit mm-hmm. or being that challenger, they don't learn the the good in it. They've only yeah. ever learned the bad about it. And so exactly. they become kind of like the criminal element 
in society because they've bought into like I'm just bad and I'm supposed to you know what I mean like and so it's like it's called the school to prison pipeline for a reason so if you're putting your child in there you're risking them being funneled into that pipeline so like why not homeschool or at least a learning co-op or something else yeah you know and it's not I know it's not it's not viable for everyone you know what I mean Uh like if you have to work every day and you can't afford Mm -hmm. to put your child you know if it's an extra 100 or 200 dollars a week to be Mm -hmm. able to be in this you know I get that it's not it's it's you know it's not the you know affordable for everyone but at least we have to at least start supplementing and putting our children around other things that other people other programs that'll give them another view of themselves at yes. least, you know what I mean? Like to give Definitely. them something else. So, yeah. Yeah. So how do we teach our children? Man, honestly, mm-hmm. I like my, um, I actually wrote for me to con- conceptualize what I was trying to do. I wrote my own learning theory. So mm. for in my, in my conceptualization from the age of like zero to seven, like we don't really need to teach, like actually sit down and teach them anything. Mm. Um, the first thing is we have to model like you can tell a child anything, but if you're modeling the opposite, they're going to do what you do. Exactly. So it like you teaching so-called teaching, it doesn't, that doesn't really matter as much, especially before the age of seven, because they're not even Mm -hmm. like developed. Their brain hasn't really developed to really digest what you're saying. Right. Of course, there's very some children are more advanced in that area than others. And there's just like a range. But in general, they're not digesting what you're saying and coming Mm -hmm. out with what you want. Mm -hmm. They are observing and modeling and like reading your energy. So, oh, I do this and that's good. Okay, cool. I do this and that's bad. Okay, cool. You know what I mean? Like, so you can't really, you're not really like saying, oh, you have, you know, it's not really like a teaching. It's more of a modeling and everything they do is learning. Like if you Mm -hmm. think about not knowing anything about being a human Mm -hmm. and experience life, Mm -hmm. everything you do is learning, like touching a wall. You're learning what a wall feels like. You're learning yeah. what straight it. You like you're learning all these things from minor interactions with stuff. So like, yeah. I feel like for the most part, early in life, like adults only get in the way when you're yeah. trying to actually teach. Now, wow. if you take on the aspect of you're more of a guide than a teacher, and you mm-hmm. work on just trying to put things in front of them mm-hmm. that are going to help them learn and mm-hmm. engage in it with them as if you're learning two now you're teaching you know what I mean like now you're actually doing that so it's like you have to be a partner on the journey more than the person that's implementing all this stuff into their brain yeah you have to take the learning journey with them in Mm. order to help them learn Mm. so it's just like a different way of going about it that I think has been more beneficial for me and my son because he Mm. is like the extreme like on the on the spectrum right it's like oh you want me to do this i'm gonna do the opposite just because you want me to do this even though (laughs) what you want me to do i want to do too Mm. but just because you said it or you want me to do it i don't want to do it anymore and (laughs) like okay you know what i mean like and that can be a very frustrating experience for someone who thinks they're trying to teach their child something yeah i know like (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like so, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, you can't, we can't force it. That's not mm-hmm. learning. That's not education mm-hmm. when you try to force somebody that's programming. Mm. 
So it's like, do in it doesn't translate into a school system at all. So it's like, you have to actually take that journey with your child and not try to force something into them. I think that's Mm. how you quote unquote teach. Mm. Wow. That's powerful. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to ask your own experience with education. Because I know you have a master's, is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, how was your own experience going through like these different institutions? Okay. So, I was always gifted. My mom, mm-hmm. if if nothing else, she pushed school and education because mm-hmm. she didn't feel like she was very good at it, and no one ever mm-hmm. did it for her. So she was like, "That's all she knew. Mm-hmm. You gonna do your work. You gonna, you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. So that that was very, you know, a very strong one of the only like rules in my house was like, right. Go to school, do well at school, stay out of yeah. trouble. If you yeah. do that, I feel like it's a generational thing. Too. Yeah. Like if you do that, mm-hmm. the rest of it is whatever, but like, yeah. this is what you do. Mm-hmm. And so I was always gifted. So, but I started mm-hmm. out in like the inner city, you know, schools mm-hmm. and, but I was always in like a gifted program. Mm. So then I got, you know, go through there. And then I move into more like, a, I guess, a township, like, you know, kind of more like suburban type, still mm-hmm. public, but more, you know, less behaviors, yeah. more opportunities, more, you know, yeah. different stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I moved into a private school, like mm-hmm. a private Jesuit school at that, like wow. one of the uh-huh. only co-ed ones in the country. Um, and I got in because I played basketball. I'll just be honest mm-hmm. about that. Um, and, <laughs> and I had the brains to match, to back it up. So, yeah. Um, and so then I move into that and I was, I realized that like, there's so much more to just be, I mean, even though it was a, a technically a Catholic based school, they taught our first thing was religion class. We, they taught us all the religions. Mm. We learned every religion, the basis yeah. of every religion. And then we took like relationships class where we took like personality test and like all this mm-hmm. stuff that like you don't do in normal school you know what I mean like yeah. you don't do that in a public school setting or yeah and so like and then you know we had career day and all this stuff and then I get to college and I realized like nobody has ever really cultivated like my interest mm-hmm. and really like figuring out like what I'm good at they were just like uh-huh. oh you're smart you're yeah. you're succeeding in education you're good yeah. but I wasn't you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know what I was into. I didn't know mm-hmm. what I liked. I didn't know, mm-hmm. like, what my strengths were besides, like, I can, I, I'm can i smart. Like, mm-hmm. if you teach it to me, I can pretty much regurgitate it back to you verbatim. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can write a paper. I can do all these things. But I have no idea who I am, what I'm good mm-hmm. at, what I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And I felt like as a, like, people don't really understand that, like, the quote unquote, the good students also fall through the cracks. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we we still don't get that. Who are you? What are you good at? What are you? You know what I mean? It's just like oh, you can do anything. Pick something. And it's <laughs> like, but I don't know what my. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I just didn't know myself really. Like and what to go like it's just and so that was like my experience and like I, I studied sociology. Um, mm-hmm. By I fell into it again. No coincidences, but. Like yeah. I kind of fell into sociology because I changed my major like three times and they're like, hey, you're going to have to pick something and stick with it or you're going to lose your scholarship. I was like, okay, let's see. 
um, I guess sociology because it accepts all my credits. Bam, mm. I'm a, you know, I'm a sociologist. And then I went into, um, I ended up going into counseling and as my master's program, honestly, because it was the one school that was still accepting applications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, that's how I ended up going into counseling. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then realizing that there's so much about your personal journey that affects your education, like mm-hmm. about the things you're dealing with. And yeah. so it was like my education kind of like my education journey as far as in schools was very like haphazard. You're good mm-hmm. at it. Mm-hmm. And I, I picked up some things. But then I always say like my real education didn't start till like I finished school and I went and played basketball overseas and mm-hmm. I just had a lot of free time. And my son's father actually, you know, this is before he was like, he sent me like three videos and one mm-hmm. was like Bobby Hemet, Taj Tariq Bay, mm-hmm. and uh, I forget the other guy's name, mm-hmm. but he was like another more space kind of deal. And it yeah. was like opened up my eyes to like a whole new of education where it was like self-directed and self-led and I like devoured everything mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. and really got to start thinking well what do I think and like this is this is also a possibility for history mm-hmm. you know what I mean and this is another perspective and like all this stuff and I was like at that point I felt like I was truly being educated like I was truly <laughs> learning and that's where I was like, okay, school is not education. That's, you know, that's what put me, that's what gave me that thing. I was like, school is not education. They were just Mm -hmm. training me to be able to get a job really. Yeah. Because I didn't know anything about myself, really Mm -hmm. about the world. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Besides like basic U.S. history or whatever. But like, I didn't know like anything. And then I was in a completely different culture Mm -hmm. um, of in Europe, learning about the history of Europe and European colonization was uh, just blowing my mind, being there, surrounded in the, like, in the belly of the beast, kind of, like, learning about it, Mm -hmm. but also learning, seeing how they pretty much did the same things that we did, Mm. like, go get up, go to work, you know, um, have a family, cook, clean, blah, 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 but they were so much happier and so much less stressed. Hmm. And I was like, what is it about the, what is it about this yeah. is that's different? And we live our my our apartment was across the street from a school. Mm-hmm. And I swear they, they were outside all the time. Wow. And then my one of my teammates, she was 17. She spoke five languages. Mm. Um, like and I was just like, and she graduated at 16. And I was like, how wow. do we have the same days, the same thing and yeah. all this stuff? And we're no, we're like, aren't we, we graduate and we have nowhere near like the confidence, this, just the, the skill, mm-hmm. the anything that they have here. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it was like, okay, now we're getting into culture and like mm-hmm. what school can really actually really do. And, mm-hmm. and they were such like a f- more free culture, like, like the children, half the children called adults by their first name, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but they had more respect for adults than right. people saying, yes, ma'am, no, sir. Just mm-hmm. out of like, eh, whatever. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it was just like this, like another part of my education, just like, what's the difference? You know what I mean? Like, so 
And then the other part that kind of also drove me here is like, even though I never got in trouble in school, I always hung around the children who got in trouble. But I was able to like separate myself at the time from them to actually not get in trouble. I'm like, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. Y'all, y'all gonna get in trouble. I'm going back. Oh, y'all got in trouble. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So it was like, um, I also had that like boundary pushing and I always Mm -hmm. identified more with the children who got in trouble. Mm -hmm. But I knew if I got in trouble when I got home, it was going to be some real (laughs) consequences that I wasn't trying to deal with. So yeah. Um, that was like my whole education journey and I feel like the majority of it happened outside of school Mm. so like that is really what kind of pushed me and motivated me on yeah like this other path and I mean once I had my son I was like oh no I'm not putting him in here like yeah we gotta figure out something else like so exactly wow and so I know you work with um you know as a doula so you're working with babies and you know you educate children so what is it about children that makes them so special because they just have the potential to be everything Mm. like literally everything and Mm. they are like our gifts you know what I mean Mm. like they are what remind us of like why we really came here like on a spiritual level like yeah what's really important and what you know what I mean and like relationship and like and they're just so unjaded (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that it feels good to work around them. you know what I mean yeah. like it, it just feels good to be around children especially when yeah. they're when they're able to be free yeah like it's not it doesn't feel good to be around children in the school setting sometimes like mm. it's stressful you know yeah and like right now I'm back in the school setting I'm teach I'm helping teach martial arts in place mm. of gym yeah. at, at a school kind of like as a uh, it's like an experimental thing um, yeah that is going wonderful <laughs> yeah but it's just um so like I'm back in the school setting but like from a different angle mm. and seeing like the same stuff though you know mm. and but even with that there's the days where if even for teachers like the children are still like they give you life still even yeah though you like it's a headache trying to manage 20 kids and teach them something that's yeah. like whatever but there's mm-hmm. still the times where they like literally will give you life and then you'll see them learn something and you'll mm-hmm. see them grow and it's just like mm-hmm. magical you know what I mean yeah. and, it, and they look at stuff as it's magical and it's just mm-hmm. like it like keeps you young like mm-hmm. mentally and spiritually and like all that yes. stuff it just keeps you young and it's like I mean adults can be so depressing like yeah. <laughs> just, like I can't and I have a very light spirit and I find mm-hmm. like when I'm surrounded by like adults all the time it just gets so heavy yeah. And I turn into like this inward person that just wants to be by myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if you put definitely. me with children, I'm like a big old kid. Like I'm just like, what oh. like what are we doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just like yeah. the freedom to be able to like be a child with the child. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. so and they're they're literally gonna build the future. Like yeah, when they're thirty and forty, they're gonna be where I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so why wouldn't you put so much of your energy into them if you are really trying to create a better world you know what I mean like because they're going to be the ones creating it so like so that's why that's why children you know yeah so that actually brings me to my last question I want to know what your inner child is like oh goodness (laughs) (laughs) Well, honestly, like, there's a, um, 
I don't want to say, I guess there is some trauma in like my mm-hmm. early, early, ch- I mean, like literally the first day I was born, like my mom suffered from like severe postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't know, they didn't call it that back then, you know, of course, yeah. but they didn't really label it. But um, now that I like heard stories and all this stuff, mm-hmm. like I realized like my inner child was like, damn, I don't know, hurt like mm-hmm. almost immediately. Cause like my mom, mm-hmm. when I was born, like, she didn't hold me she didn't want me you know what I mean like and yeah. part of I mean part of it was like she really wanted a boy she had a girl she really wanted a boy my father already mm-hmm. had two girls so it was like mm-hmm. this whole mental thing with her too um yeah. and so it was like from the from birth I don't of course I don't really remember it but everything is subconscious mm-hmm. like exactly. from birth to be like rejected by the one person who's supposed to love you you know what Mm -hmm. I mean and like hold you and do all that stuff like so when I had my son and I it framed that for me to realize how traumatizing that was for me as a baby Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like because I was like Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like like my son he was wrapped on most of the first three months of his life like he just wrapped on my body everywhere I go you go yeah I'm talking to you you know what I mean like we're doing (laughs) and like I'm like imagining me like my mom she didn't even name me for two weeks like Mm. she's like I just called you diaper bag like god (laughs) like and she says it's so weird because she says it so nonchalantly that she doesn't Mm -hmm. even realize Mm -hmm. the damage of it you know what I mean like so yeah um so there's just that and then there's just other events like you know I was molested pretty young Mm. um well again something I don't remember um yeah. and as a like kind of being into like you believe in like in spirituality and messages and you know signs and stuff I actually had a woman that um a friend of a friend who actually through the Christian perspective mm-hmm. um came and was like I had a vision like she had a near-death experience and was pretty much psychic after mm-hmm. like had all kind of she could just read stuff about people and like it was <sighs> crazy um yeah. And she was like, I sent a message and I don't know how to say this or share this or whatever, but like, she was like around the age of two and she like, she's never been to Indiana, like Mm -hmm. never. And I didn't know her. She like described my house that we lived in when my parents were married, like, and like the way the stairs came up and like, like, she was just like, and you know, and this man, he's like, it only happened once. Um, and like, so I'm like, well, what did I do? And she was like, you just pretended to be sleep the whole time. Mm. And that is something that I will still do. (laughs) Like Mm. when I, like when people, I had another experience or this like man was like being crazy or whatever, but I was in the bed and he was like doing all this crap to like trying to get my attention and like make me wake up. Mm. And I just laid there and pretended that I was asleep. And this was like at 24. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm like, that is definitely something I would do. I've done that yeah. my entire life. Mm. Um, and so, like, then, like, that trauma. And then, like, you know, just then regular life stuff. Yeah. And so, like, my inner child is very, like, hurt. Mm. And very, like, just a shell. Like, just, mm. and I developed this really strong outer, you know, outer layer mm-hmm. to where I just mm-hmm. felt like you know I didn't have emotions and I had just mm-hmm. like stuffed them all in and so like really recently like in the last like you know since I had my son really he's four but even mm-hmm. like less than that like since he was two just really diving into like trying to like find my inner child and like that mm-hmm. free spirit and like I know 
like how I am now like yeah. as a child if I would have had that freedom like I know there would I would have had a completely different expression mm. so like having to find to go in and to like make my inner child feel safe again to mm-hmm. even exist freely you know what I mean yes. like because it was just like trauma tra- like two major traumas before the age of two like yeah immediately when you're born and then like you know the I think one of the most the ultimate violation of like your personal space and your yeah. and your body and like all yeah. this stuff and like making my inner child like not scared you know what mm-hmm. I mean or not or trust being alive or being in this world and like yes so it's like I've always had this feeling of like not wanting to be here like on earth mm-hmm. like not like I hate it here you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I just like whatever um but like now that I'm really like working through that and like work through that trauma I'm learning like my inner child now is like this just like free silly and kind of like loud <laughs> you know what I mean like it just yeah. like like a lot like my son and I was like Mm. I always I always thought like my son got like so much of his personality in his ways from like his father because we've I've heard stories about him when he was little and he does yeah but then I started to like really unpack that had I not been traumatized so early Mm -hmm. then this was probably more of my natural way of being too you know what I mean like but because of that such an early trauma Mm -hmm. I just became a shell of myself I just wanted to hide like yeah don't if no one sees me no one can hurt me you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like if no one I can't be rejected if I just kind of blend in the background you know like so like but now I'm seeing like my inner child is really just like this little rebel loud Mm -hmm. challenging like yeah like that that's me and that would have been me and that's why Mm -hmm. I always identified with those children Mm. too like secretly because I was you know the child they always got to talk like we just don't understand why you're even hanging with these children like Mm -hmm. why how are you even involved you know what I mean like that was the talk I used to get all the time like why are you hanging out with you know and so like realizing that my inner child is like this big like show really you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. this this like you know, and, um, and like embracing that as an adult and mm-hmm. trying to like let that out and still feel safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause I still have that. Like sometimes when I do just want to be like big and out there or whatever, i you know, I feel, I think about like the judgment or I think mm-hmm. about like what could happen when I'm drawing attention to myself, like that nervousness and all that comes back and to be able to just keep pushing that back and like, letting my inner child know like it's you're protected like be you it's okay and it's like you are this you are your son like you are a lot more like your son than you know because you never really got to express it freely wow and I've people tell me that all the time like I'll be out in public and my son is just like like, you know everywhere and just whatever people like people love him like he's just like so charming and people love him and I'm just like oh my god like where does he get this from and like people are like you it's like <laughs> they they see it because when yeah. I'm comf- when I'm comfortable with certain people I I, I take on this spirit yeah. but when I'm not comfortable I have this very reserved spirit and they're like mm-hmm. that's you like that's yeah. literally you and I was mm-hmm. and I was so in denial about that for like mm-hmm. the, like the first like three years of his life I was like yeah. that is not me yeah and um <laughs> 
now I'm realizing like that is so me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just think um I just think that's beautiful that you not only recognize that, but are trying to nurture that in your son, like nurture that spirit so that he, you know, doesn't have to experience the same things or experience that repressed or that repression that we often force on children. Yes. So, yeah, I just think you're just doing amazing. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. You're welcome. And so I think that's all the questions that I is there anything else that you want to say or do you want to promote? Um, as far as, I mean, I think my overall message is just for people to like embrace themselves. Like mm-hmm. the good, the bad, the ugly, it's mm-hmm. all made you who you are and you mm-hmm. get to be who you want to be every moment. Like yeah. if you don't want to be who you were yesterday, don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can be whatever and whoever and embody whatever you want to embody every day every second even if you yesterday you were somebody last hour ago you were somebody like you literally can embody whatever you want in any second like you don't have to wait or beat yourself over beat yourself up over who you were or what you Mm -hmm. have done in the past Mm -hmm. or anything like you can be a completely different person right now like yeah you know um so I think that sense of empowerment and that sense of freedom is yeah. like something I definitely want people to feel. Um, mm-hmm. And then as far as promoting, everything is on my website, um, yeah. mm-hmm. Um And so I got my book. Um, mm-hmm. You can keep up with the Learning Center. Um, our youth group is called the Dragonflies right now. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be the Dragonfly Learning Co-op and eventually the Dragonfly Learning Center. Um, and just if you make doula services or online or you mm-hmm. want to like help processing anything I do do like online consultations to mm-hmm. just kind of like you know it could be a one-time thing it could be a weekly yeah. thing it could be yeah. you, you know whatever you need um and whatever and if you have anything else you want to have me on something or have me speak mm-hmm. or whatever just like contact me I'm all for it. Like we just building together. Like we have so many healers and so many people doing great things that we can just yeah. all work and feed off each other and just yes. keep, keep sending that energy back and forth. And like, that's how we really build together and grow. So like, yeah. you know, I yeah. that's my, that's my spiel. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for well, coming to my TED talk. <laughs> So that was another episode of Moms Who Art. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank my special guest, Ajaya Divine. Make sure to check out her work. Once again, her website is www.ajayadivine.com. You can follow her on Instagram and Twitter. And like she said, there is no such thing as coincidence. So I'm very happy to have made this connection. Very honored to have held space with her. And I just want to thank all you guys for listening. And until next time, peace and love to y'all.